0: You're listening to Created Equal Declarations, extended conversations with some of our sources. I'm Steven Henderson, and today we have Kazir Khan. Khan became an overnight and unlikely national figure in the summer of 2016 after he delivered a passionate speech at the Democratic National Convention.
1: Donald Trump, you're asking Americans to trust you with their future. Let me ask you, Have you even read the United States Constitution? I will gladly lend you my copy.
0: After that speech, he became the focal point of negative tweets and comments from Donald Trump, who, of course, received strong pushback from Democrats and Republicans alike. Khan is a gold star father of a U.S. Army captain who was killed in battle while serving in Iraq. Kazir Khan believes to his core in the values that make America a special place in the world. He's an American citizen who came here from Pakistan decades ago. He's also one of the most patriotic Americans I've ever met. Here's our conversation. The first thing I want to talk to you about is your son. I want to know from you what was your son like and talk about his pull to military service. What brought him to do things that he did well he was
1: like us an ordinary American nothing special nothing uh, uh, exceptional except by observing our attitudes as his parents towards our fellow beings he was very much caring young man when he went to school when he went to college the values that uh, he cherished most were caring for others. As a young man in school, he was to teach, and he, for, for several years he continued to teach swimming to handicapped children. And I would ask him, how do you practice, because you spend so much energy and so much time in teaching handicapped children. And he would say, I am most... Happy. I am happiest when I am teaching and the children are learning. So it is that soul and that spirit that we were blessed to have for 27
0: years. And talk about how he ends up uh, deciding he wants to serve his country.
1: He was at University of Virginia in undergrad school. He used to meet cadets of the ROTC program there, and he would see that honor, the dignity, the courtesy, the care towards one another, the discipline. And he spoke with us prior to joining, saying that I feel that I am in my element when I am in their company, when I am in their association, in classrooms, outside classrooms. So which parent would deny their children if they feel so attracted to uh, something that is so honorable, that is so good. So that attracted him to the ROTC program and he went through that program very successfully and, uh, and then he commissioned in 2000. At the commissioning, and I want to, through my memory, I want to read those three lines that he wrote that hangs, there is a conference room dedicated at, University of Virginia's Army ROTC program and in there is his writing and he says I am paraphrasing so forgive me if I make a mistake he wrote he's just being getting ready to be sworn an officer of United States Army he says the soldiers don't care how much you know up until They know how much you care. That was his motto. He writes that when he's just being sworn in. We are amazed. I I speak about these things. Forgive me a little emotionally. Because it reminds us the extent of the patriotism of this country. The extent of realization of the values of this country in in, in, in every, every patriotic American knows what this country is made of. And he had full, sometimes parents teach their children, sometimes circumstances are such that children wind up teaching parents. So we were taught by him what patriotism is, what caring for others is, and that is at the foundation of this country.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering what you think about this moment in America right now uh, where a we have Mr. Trump talking about dramatically changing the relationship between the United States and Arab Americans, Muslims uh, in particular and at this moment when you have so much of the population of this country thinking about these things in that in that way but I wonder what you think about the way we are talking about this issue right now in America and uh, w- what you think, where you think we're headed is, is uh, you know, I, I am often very fearful about the things that I hear and the things that I see. Uh, I'm not Arab American. I'm not Muslim. But I would imagine that for you, that visits very differently uh, on your ears and on your eyes.
1: It's about the foundational values of this country, The forefathers envisioned those values and incorporated those values in the Constitution of the United States and we see them being practiced throughout the country and the leadership of the world lies in those values. The Arab American community here It is about espousing those values that make this country great, that makes this country leader of the world. The world looks towards the United States for the leadership. It's once in the history of this earth moment where these values, the values of Pluralism, the values of equal dignity, the values of liberty, equal status, is practiced in this community. I have come to witness that. I had been reading, I had been listening to people talk about those values that make this country great. I am so fortunate, I am so honored to be among the community. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like there is a broken trust? Uh, between the Arab American communities, the Arab American and Muslim communities, and uh, the United States uh, generally, right now, is there is there is there something here that got broken that we're going to have to repair? Well,
1: what a wonderful question! It leads me to 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 um, to speak about my mission post election, uh, and I'll 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 speak to that in a minute. I don't think the trust is broken. I think the patriotism of arab americans patriotism of muslim american has been strengthened you know sometime when you have a challenge then your instincts your god given intellect becomes little more alert and little more strong so the patriotism of arab americans muslim americans is as strong as ever and will continue to be stronger in defense of this country, to make this country safe, to make this country great, and continue to lead and show the rest of the world how different ethnicities, different religions, and different
0: uh, uh, group of people live together peacefully and move forward. Uh, I think that's a really important point, uh, and I want to stop there for a second and go back and, and emphasize that, that that the reaction in the Arab-American community and the Muslim community to this questioning of their patriotism is more patriotism it is not disaffection it is not uh, well you know uh, we, we don't like the united states or we don't want to be it, it is an effort to sort of double down on their americanism i think that's a really important
1: point. just an ex- recent example i was in new york there was a muslim unity parade i was so heartened to see approximately 300 police officers in New York City and first responders, all Muslim, came to greet and took a picture with me and I cherished that moment in my heart and I looked at everyone's face. Everyone's face, so patriotic, so ready to keep us safe, all Muslims standing there. And it is that reflection, it is that that we need to continue to remind ourselves the leadership of the city of New York was there. amazing, amazing response to the challenges of today. Yeah. Yes, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the challenges, post-election challenges are f- staring in our face, how are we going to make the discourse, political discourse of this model democracy for the rest of the world better to its standard where it had been. Somehow in this election, the political discourse had taken a hit and had not been up to the standard where a leader of the world, its institutions that people envy had been attacked. It is that that we have to repair And my uh, self-given challenge, and I'll continue to speak, there are other leaders that already are speaking about, so I am adding my voice to that, and that is civility in the American democratic process. How could we make sure that institutions are not attacked, institution of election is not attacked, institution of press, because press is the fourth institution of democracy, Executive, legislature being two, judiciary being third. Press in, independent press in democracy is the fourth institution. And the attacks that had been placed on these institutions will need some rethinking how our children, our future generations don't have to go through this rehashing that our institutions are not attacked henceforth. Yeah. Hate is un-American. Hate is not American at all. Pluralism, if you read the history of this country, we are all immigrants. Some of us came 200 years ago, 100 years ago. Some were brought here. Some came voluntarily 10 years ago. We came here 30 years ago, but we are all part of the same process but we are not immigrants anymore. Once we come here, we pay our taxes, we pay our dues, we take oath to defend the Constitution of United States and the values and laws of United States, and we take oath to keep this country safe and all. Uh, so that is what my imploring to every patriot American is that, look at the foundation. I, I ask your listeners, to take a moment during this election process, read the Declaration of Independence, what this country went through before this republic came together, the price that forefathers paid to give us this gift of democracy. And so that is what I would ask that learn the basic values of this country and you
0: will come out so proud of what we are blessed with, yeah, yeah, uh, Mr. Khan, I'm curious about about what you see in terms of the the, the sort of relationship between uh, Arab and Muslim Americans and African Americans. Uh, that we have so much in common in terms of history, uh, of course, and certainly in America, uh, we face many of the same kinds of uh, issues in terms of discrimination. This concept of otherness that is now being foisted uh, upon. African Americans, Muslim Americans and Arab Americans to is that commonality sort of a source of potential strength I guess for both for both groups.
1: The commonality of our journey unites us, makes us better, makes us understand that at the core of all this struggle is our humanity. And it is that common bond that is stronger than Any noise of fear, of bigotry, of division, of building walls, of throwing people out and all, that is not at the foundation of this country. And I assure you, and I assure your audience, believe me, there had been, as your previous scholars so eloquently mentioned, There had been similar challenges in the history to the foundation of this country. And the foundations won. The goodness of this country won. The goodness of this country united us and will continue to unite us. And you will see, and you are continuing to see, the goodness of this country is coming together, has been together, facing the perils that we face today and our wonderful, wonderful Values of this nation, this great nation, will prevail. There is some time being in United States. We forget the role United States and this nation is playing in the leadership of the world. There is rest of the humanity outside United States that lives and looks up to United States. So we should... When we face these perils, these challenges, we should always add to that God has blessed us, our Creator has blessed us with this role in the history of mankind. Today, this nation leads the world. It's an amazing honor, and we need to be cognizant of that. Our behavior, our attitude, our actions, national, local, communities, counties, cities, all should remember that rest of the world emulates us. They pray to get here. They pray to come to this country. They pray to learn and, uh, and wish to take back from here so that they can make their lives better, their communities' lives better. So we are so grateful that we are blessed with so much good in this country. And we want to preserve it. We want to make it safer. We want to make it better. And we want to move forward at any cost.
0: Thanks so much to Kazir Khan. I'm Stephen Henderson. Thanks for listening. WDET's work with the Detroit Journalism Cooperative is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the Knight Foundation, and the Ford Foundation's Renaissance Journalism Project.